no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Uh, all right, welcome back to the 40 yard switch. Uh, a week away for me, with because uh, I you couldn't record last week due to personal reasons, but we're back. Will be alongside me as always. How are you? Yeah, I'm going pretty well. It's good to it's it, it's good to see your face this time. I think we need to do it. Uh, seeing each other yeah because last last week on zoom I don't, i'm not sure if it was apparent to anyone else but we just did the the call no no uh no no face to face which which did feel weird you're right but uh but we're back um uh, and yeah continuing on zoom because uh at least for another three weeks because i'm i'm in england but um yeah a lot to get through um in terms of transfers and uh exciting uh new possibilities for the teams but before we get into that uh, we have to address quite a serious issue that has um, come to come to light uh, just a, a day or two before the transfer window finished. And uh, just before we get into it, uh, a trigger warning for any listeners: some of the words or language we may use may be distressing uh, for viewers. So just uh, uh, you know, uh, there you go. Um, so yeah, Mason Greenwood uh, has come uh, has been arrested essentially for multiple. Um, counts of sexual assault uh rape and apparently threats to kill as well uh he's been released since been released on bail but um yeah from from what was released by the very brave young woman who uh, appears to be his uh, ex-partner um uh pretty damning for, for him yeah i yeah i saw the I saw the headlines i think it was on monday evening our time over here and and yeah the images that that she released on social media which have since been taken down were pretty 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 distressing and yeah but like we were sort of saying i suppose there's 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 a judicial process that needs to happen but um it it, it all looks pretty pretty damning and yeah yeah and- like, like it's all true yeah, and and yeah, like uh, personally, my opinion is I, I don't think he's 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 like I, I think he's guilty just from what I've heard. Um, obviously, you know, we got to you got to be potentially careful about what's you know potentially fabricated or whatever. But this, like, I, I, the moment I saw it and, and heard the really distressing audio clip, um, that yeah, I, I was I was very uh, angry and um, felt felt really bad for that woman because obviously that 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 must have not been the first time that that's happened for her to have to know to record it um and and take the photos and stuff um but yeah in terms for where the way i see it people are saying like oh his career is going downhill after this or his career could be over i forget his career if this is true he he should get locked up in my opinion spend many years in jail what do you reckon yeah Definitely, de- definitely warranted if it's if it's true, which it which it definitely seems like it is. Um, yeah, he, he definitely needs to go away. The um, this the statement from um, Man United were they released after he got arrested the first time because he got arrested and then re-arrested on new new charges. They just basically said they're aware of the images and allegations circulating on social media. 
Um, and they will not make any further comment until the facts have been established. Manchester United does not condone violence of any kind. So, yeah, I, I, I suppose, I mean, relatively light on given the gravity of the situation, but I suppose they do have to wait until the, the outcome of whatever court process goes ahead. Yeah, and they have uh, suspended him from training and playing with the team until further notice, which would indicate that until pretty much he's, he, this goes to trial or is settled, but probably we could assume it will go to trial. And once, yeah, so he, he won't be playing for a while at, at the very least. Um, and there have been people saying that like United, like you said, it was like not much, but you know, the most they could do until everything's been established. And like people have been calling for them to, you know, uh, uh, sack Greenwood, terminate his contract, but like it's 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 very difficult when like to take a little bit of emotion out of the situation for one second. Like if they do uh, sack him or terminate his contract, and then somehow it turns out that he's not guilty, uh, it's it's a massive lawsuit for United in terms of uh, wrongful termination of contract and a bunch of other things. So United, uh, from a business standpoint, I obviously have to be very careful. But um, yeah, as as. As far as the situation is concerned, uh, it really, um, really just a, a bad day um, for United and the football community. Obviously, a worse time for uh, the woman involved, um, and really just like got to commend her for standing up and um, like saying something about it. Because and hopefully, and like hopefully, maybe it brings more things to light because it's not the first time that very serious allegations have been made about footballers in the past even year or so, uh, which makes you think there could potentially be other, probably is other high profile footballers who think they can get away with stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big thing to come out, especially, you know, to, to, to tell your story in, in a, in an ordinary situation is difficult, but when you've got, um, or when it's been committed by, um, someone who's got such a high profile and his footballers are put up on a pedestal, it's, it's, it will make the situation a lot more difficult for, for the victims of it. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's some really sad news that's um, come out of the Premier League, unfortunately. Not what we wanted to talk about, but something that we needed to talk about. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll leave it at that because you know, there's not much else to say now. Um, and we will move on to a much lighter topic, which is the transfer deadline day and the end of the transfer window. So what a, what a deadline day it was in the end. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was just like crazy. <laughs> um, I feel like, I mean, it's, it's not so much of a surprise. Like I suppose very traditionally January was quite a quiet transfer window, but more and more is, the game gets a lot more commercial. It's just a, a chance to do business and, and make a few headlines. But yeah, it was it was very entertaining. It was yeah, great. and I <laughs> must. It was probably a little bit difficult for you because it would have been at a very uh, rough uh, time. But actually, no, it would have been in the morning as it was getting to a close for you. I wasn't. I wasn't watching it live. I I, I went back and watched like you know, sort of like Sky Sports had like a transfer deadline day highlight sort of package nice. and that was pretty cool <laughs> the, um, the the abama yang flip-flop the yeah um, yeah that was almost nice. embarrassing but i'm actually kind of glad we did get it over the line at the end because it would have just been 
really embarrassing if if it if it didn't happen. Yeah, I think in the context of you know being stood down as captain, not making the squad, flying over to Barcelona on deadline day and not getting a deal. Yeah. And still paying his wages. Um, um, one last thing. One last thing I will say before we get into the transfers about the Aubameyang thing is it's really funny. He was he got stripped of the captaincy and kicked out of the squad for being late all the time, and then he was early to Barcelona for his medical. <laughs> um, so yeah, make it that what you will. I wonder. Yeah, I do wonder how how we'll go there. I mean, you you can be early for the for the first training session or for the for signing of the contract but yeah yeah the attitude issue will stay yeah um so yeah we'll go we'll go, to, we'll go in alphabetical order through not all the premier league clubs but the the clubs that uh have done somewhat some of like some business at least so we'll start with my my boys arsenal absolutely no incomings to be heard of um which I'll touch on in just a second, because uh, while we did get rid of, rid of a lot of dead wood, we have like seventeen, like uh, first eligible first team players for the rest of the season, so it could be tricky. Um, but yeah, we, we uh, Ains- go on, go on. More postponements. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're gonna be ringing that bell for sure. Uh, but yeah, in terms of uh, players that we let go or sold or loaned, um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles to Roma, Foller and Balogun to Middlesbrough, uh, Kalasinac on a free to Marseille, Pablo Mari on a loan to Udinese, Callum Chambers for an undisclosed fee to Aston Villa, uh, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang released, it says on the Premier League official website. But yeah, essentially a free transfer to... Um, Barcelona. So yeah, uh, like six or seven outgoings. There's, there's a bunch of other much like less known players that we loaned out to. It looks about 15 players with uh, that have been that have been outgoings, uh, and no one brought in. So for me personally, good to get rid of a lot of like uh, some contracts or at least some contracts because we're still paying wages for some people like Aubameyang, um off the wage book and you know shift some dead wood, but. Like I said before, only 16, 17 outfield players left uh, for the remainder of the season. I would have liked us to just like bolster at least one of the centimeter or striker options. Like just like it didn't like either or really like just because if Lacazette goes down or if one of Shaka or Party goes down and like or they get sent off like they've been shown to do recently, we're just very thin. <laughs> What do you reckon? Yeah. I reckon it's it's definitely a lot of players to to let go and and it's almost looking like, you know, center back like like you were saying, it was a it was a position where you were absolutely not stacked, but you had too many center backs. <laughs> um and and now it's now it's looking a little bit light on as well. And I mean like I, I don't through. I don't think it's through like a lack of trying. Like they were trying to to, to bolster bolster the centre mid and, and striker options there, but just didn't quite didn't quite work out. Yeah, for I me though, I don't think it's sorry. I don't think it's huge. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so the, the the striker thing for me, I don't. The striker thing I think is less huge because obviously we had our targets and they 
like we didn't rush into any of them. Like if that, like Vlahovic wasn't going to happen, we didn't panic by spend 90 million euros on Isak, which probably would have been too much. But in terms of the centre mid thing, I think we could have afforded Bruno Gumarais for 35 million pounds or whatever it was. I also Dennis Zakaria, who was linked with United, went to Juventus for 5 million euros. Like, like you can't tell me that there was a, a wasn't a centre midfielder out there that was affordable that we could have got. Like it didn't even need to be a starting quality. It just needed to be someone that if that was good enough that if that could have maybe pushed to be a starter, but if there was an injury, could have definitely deputized well. And yeah, I don't know. Like there was options at centre mid out there that we just didn't capitalize on. We could have got the Arthur Mello um, from Juventus deal over the line too. Like I don't know. Also, Tottenham have signed two centre midfielders from Juventus, and we have signed no one. I don't know; it's just not a, not the best look. I do think, though, that like there's something in sort of like not rushing into deals. Like, I don't think you necessarily like. There's less than half of the Premier League season left, right? Yeah. You you, you may only have like 16, 17 first team, like recognised first team players, like. There's not necessarily a massive rush to get someone in that midfield position. And maybe Arteta made the call that Bruno G or that some of the players that went to Juventus look a, a little bit outdated. I mean, yeah. sorry. Some of the players that went to Tottenham look a little bit um, past their use-by date. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's the worst thing. Like, it would be good to have more options there. But, yeah, I think you can live without them for now. Okay. Well, I, I, like, I like your optimism. Um, Aston Villa we'll just touch on quickly uh, they, they, only, they we've already touched on the other three signings they made Coutinho, Digne and Olsen all very solid uh, but they, they, they've let Matt Target go to Newcastle on loan um, obviously because they've got Digne now and they've got, uh, signed Callum Chambers Callum Chambers could be a sneaky good signing for them here I reckon I reckon he will be I reckon just just being able to rotate, like I think we spoke about it like Concert and um, and and Tyra Mings, they're both decent, but they can both have bad games. And just having someone there who can rotate in and put pressure on them for that spot is is a good thing to have. Yeah, and like Come a team with aspirations of European football needs at least three or four good centre backs. And like they kind of dropped away a bit yeah. after Tyra uh, Mings and Concert. So, but yeah, definitely definitely a good um, definitely a good January for. For Aston Villa, like the manager, they've definitely bolstered their squad depth. Looking yeah, good. no, they've they've really killed. I, I, if we we might maybe we can give out some uh, transfer window grades at the end of this, but they're they're up there for sure. All right, next on the block, only really notable signing they made is sorry, they only made one really notable signing, but what a signing it was! Brentford signing Christian Eriksen on deadline day, very impressive. Huge. I mean, just a just a good news story. He's, I mean, he, he's proven in the Premier League. He's definitely a like like good experience for Brentford to have. Like, I don't think they have that sort of established Premier League player that a lot of clubs coming into the Premier League usually go for. So, yeah, yeah. And if he can be even half as good as he was at Tottenham, then he'll he'll be fine for them. In terms of like, I mean, they're they're probably they're not, I don't think they're going down because they've already played so well anyway. But in terms of just like keeping them around next season as well, because the second season slumps are very real thing. Like it'll be very important. Yeah, 
I think as well, like in, in addition to being like a like a really nice story, it's probably a good business move for Brentford as well. Yeah, it'll sell shirts. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll sell shirts. It'll it'll boost their brand name. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's also good for Christian Eriksen can play Premier League football again. Yeah, and can maybe get he wants to be back in the for the World Cup at the end of the year. So this is the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. The, the other one I've got for Brentford is uh, Jonas Lossel, but um. Oh, I didn't. I see his name, but truth be told, I know nothing about him. Explain. He's a goal. He's a, he's he's a he's a goalkeeper from Mid Midland. <laughs> How do you say? It? How do you say? Midland. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I watched him play a game. I think maybe like a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was half decent. Nice. Well, like, it's, yeah. not, it's not that it's not that notable. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, that, like it's like you said, like every team's got to have two decent keepers to push each other. So David Rea and now this guy, you know, it's good. Um, next, next we've got Brighton. Not much to speak of there, so we're gonna not talk about them. Um, but next, uh, Burnley. Uh, I think they've actually done weirdly well. They've signed Vuj Veghorst for from uh word of Bremen or Wolfsburg for half the amount they they got from Chris Wolfsburg. Wood and I think he's almost as good as Chris Wood obviously not proven in the Premier League but from what I've seen from watching a couple of Wolfs uh Bundesliga highlights and the Euros pretty good player I was thinking I was thinking the exact same thing I think they've done a great bit of business here like I've, to be fair, I've, I've only seen him play when we were watching the Netherlands in in the Euros um, in the middle of last year. But I mean, Chris Wood is nothing really to write write home about. Like the thing that he's got going for him is his stature, and Veghurst has got that, and potentially more, potentially more quality. Yeah, Chris Wood like, yeah. Ha- has got a good goals record playing for Burnley, but like it's a team that where he's like their only focal oh sorry only focal point and Vut Vekost is a very similar striker uh, probably better with his feet quicker as well um so yeah I, 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 we both said it when we when uh they signed him we were like this could be the move that somehow keeps them up for one more season uh i'm not sure if i'm going to ca- like you know go all in on that prediction yet but it'll be like, i want to wait to see how his first few games are but it'll be very interesting for sure They've, st- they've still got a big fight on them, just the way that some of the teams around them, well, one team around them has has strengthened. Yeah, So, which we will uh, touch on in a second. Uh, all right, next yeah. is Chelsea did nothing. Um, so we're going to not talk about them. Crystal Palace threatened to make a few signings late, Nikedia and stuff, but again, didn't do much. So we're going to move past them again. And then fi- next, we're on to... The Toffees, who had one of the best windows of any team in the Premier League. Yeah, um, I think it 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 seems good on the surface. I I still really think it could go either way. Like, there's been big investment again from the from the owner. With I suppose. Uh, Mikolenko was undisclosed. Patterson for sixteen million pounds. Deli Alley forty million pounds, and then the two loans in Van der Beek um, and El Ghazi. Like a lot of these signings could go either way. To be honest, like Deli Alley could just have the same issues that he had at Tottenham. I think Van der Beek is probably the best one 
Um, El Ghazi's a bit iffy. Um, and the jury is definitely still out on Mikolenko, though I think people are giving him a bit way too much criticism after literally two performances. Um, but yeah, I think the best one is Lampard. Yeah, and we spoke about it on the, on, on on the last um, episode, but um, I feel very very positive about him. Yeah, uh, I, I I would agree with you about El Ghazi and a couple of other transfers being um, uh, potentially you know questionable but i do think that the way you've structured the daily alley deal with like the it's 10 million after 20 20 appearances and then uh uh there's like constituents or um you know sort of targets that need to be met for for the deal to go up to 40 million is a good way of like structuring it because like it, it it shows that like if if he if after a certain number of games he's really not showing it then you just don't have to play him and then you don't have to pay that much so like it's 40 million, but it's only 40 million if he starts tearing the house down and becomes a nailed on starter. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, and also, like you said, with, um, with Lampard, I, like there seems to be a real connection there between Ali and, and Lampard. And they seem like he, Ali seems to feel like Lampard can get the best out of him. So, and he, he did that. One thing that Lampard did do very well was bring up a bunch of English talent out of that Chelsea team when they had the transfer ban. So, I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm quietly hopeful for Everton. I think Van der Beek and Ali, if he can work him into a midfield with De Cure and Allen, I'm not really sure how that works. You probably can't play all four of them, but um, yeah, if he can work them into a team, then yeah, I reckon it's it's potentially a really good really good uh, window. Yeah, I think I think that was the only interesting thing. They're like they're almost a similar role. I mean, it might end up working well for for one of them because they'll push each other. But it is interesting to see how it all it all comes together. But yeah, hopefully we don't get relegated. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I'm pretty. Like, I'm ninety nine percent sure you guys won't get relegated. <laughs> Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> uh, all right. Next is Leeds. Again, uh, nothing of note. Leicester, nothing of note. But then um, Liverpool. Uh, let a few players go, like Phillips to Bournemouth, Nico Williams to Fulham. But boy, oh boy, they only made one signing, but what a signing it was. I reckon it's my signing of the window, in my opinion. Definitely. I mean, we were talking about him, yeah, but he... Yeah, he had a pretty outstanding Copper America um, last year and just looks like the perfect guy to slot into, you know, one of those roles for Mane or Salah if, if they're not up to it or if they leave. So definitely a huge signing. And that, that solo goal he scored against City in the Champions League, I, that was playing everywhere when they signed him. And I was just like, geez, like what a goal. Like he's just phenomenal. Yeah, um, but yeah, like you said, he's gonna probably he's gonna push probably Mane the most because he's out on that left wing. Um, but yeah, just like unreal ball control, pace, got like that bit of flair about him. Can also finish well, like like the best Colombian prospect since Prime Hammers Rodriguez, really. Um, so I think I think I think the big difference for, for me. Well, obviously, there's a few differences between him and Hammers, but he. He seems like he's going to be better suited to the Premier League. He has that, that bit more like tenacity about him, a bit like a bit tougher. 
And I think that will definitely work better in the Premier League generally and at Liverpool in, in particular. Yeah, for sure. No, 100% agree, 100%. Um, so, yeah, Liverpool, again, doing really well. And it looks like they may still be on the cards to sign that young superstar from Fulham, Fabio Carvalho, uh, either in the summer or a pre-agreement before the summer. So, yet again, setting themselves... Like, they're just so well run as a club, Liverpool. Yeah. Like, ownership down to coaching, down to the players. Like, there's just, like, there's just so organized and everything they do is like at the right moment and it's and like with, with a view to the future like it's just incredible <laughs> it's got to come it's got to come down to Klopp a bit like well mainly that he just seems to to do everything well because I mean before Klopp came along th- th- they were looking like they were a, a little bit all over the place and he's he's changed that in, in a big way yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but moving on, we've got uh, Manchester City. So obviously let uh, Ferran Torres go uh, to Barcelona, but have signed uh, Julian uh, Alvarez from River Plate. I don't know anything about him, truth be told, but from what I've heard from a, a various few sources, he's quite a player. Is is the sort of there's a lot of hype around him. So for for yeah. 20 million or however much it was. It wasn't actually that much. It could be um, quite a signing. Yeah, I've, I've got here was 14, 14 million pounds. And yeah, I think interesting that Man City had a, you know, are in the green for a transfer window for, I don't know how, how long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think we're, we're not going to get to see him until the next Premier League season. Um, cause he's going straight back on loan to, to river plate, but oh, okay. I mean, yeah, they don't really need him right now. He, <laughs> nah, <laughs> I think they, I think they're going to, I think they're going to cruise to that, to that Premier League trophy, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's definitely exciting. And if it works out, it's going to be, it's going to be genius. Yeah. Big time, big time. Another very well-run club on the topic of uh, well-run clubs. Um, I think it's, I think they're kind of lucky because because their squad's so strong, they can bring in a young player that doesn't cost them much and build them up. Now that's that's the position that they're in after all, after all their investment um, and, and and a great manager in charge. Yeah, and I absolutely agree, hundred percent. To the other side of Manchester, um, no notable signings, despite the fact that they were uh, looking. But uh, in not actually a terrible window for them because they got quite a few good contracts, at least not off the books for good, but at least for the remainder of the season with uh, Martial to Sevilla, Ahmad Diallo to Rangers, which could be a really good move for him. He scored on his debut. Uh, Van der Beek to Everton and Twanzebe to Napoli uh, and, and a few other less notable ones. So actually not a terrible window for United, all things considered. Yeah, and I think... We spoke about it on, on, on an earlier January transfer episode, but like they don't necessarily need need to bring in too much after the after the summer window that they had. Um, so so getting a few yeah wage bills off the books is definitely good. No, Martial is a big one, and like I hope I hope that he can like go off and start enjoying playing football again. I think he'll be suited to the Spanish league, like maybe not quite as physical. He's class. He's a class player. And then with Amadiello, that's definitely a good move. Just get more, 
just get more minutes um, and hope, can hopefully eventually come back to United and, and be the player that, you know, he could be. Yeah. And I was listening to um, uh, one of the pundits because like just like I was watching like a, the intro to like, you know how the pundits talk before games and it was before the his d- debut for Rangers. And one of the pundits was saying that like, while like 10, 10 out of 11, 11 players in that starting 11 for Rangers are like nailed in starters. Like it's, there's not a lot of rotation there. The, the right wing spot is like the one spot that has been a little bit of chop and change. So he, there's a real opportunity for him to like nail down that spot and play regular minutes for the remainder of the season. And yeah, like scored on his debut, um, you know, only ways up, I guess, but um, yeah, very, very exciting. Cause he's, he's a, he's a really big talent and um like you said, needs to get given minutes somewhere else. Yeah. Just just while we're on Rangers, the the, um, the other big thing for them this window was uh, Aaron Ramsey. Oh, yeah, Wild. true. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Well, um, I guess, well, that can also, uh, we'll talk about that and then that can also link us to uh, Juventus as well. Um, so, yeah, Aaron Ramsey um, on loan to Rangers, I think. Rangers only paying part part of his salary because there's nowhere they can afford his 350k a week salary. Um, but yeah, I think that's a that's good what move. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think that's a good move for him. Um, I, he wasn't clearly wasn't part of the plans at Juventus anymore, and like still gets to play European football for Rangers. So uh, yeah, I, I I think that's a good move for both parties. Um, and yeah, I think all parties. I mean. Juventus didn't seem interested in him anymore. He's not playing any football, so that's good for him and definitely the best for Rangers. Yeah, he's definitely they've got like good a enough world for the class player. Yeah, he's definitely good enough for the Scottish League if he can stay uh, fit. Um, so, in terms of Juventus shifting midfielders, uh, obviously Arsenal couldn't get one. We tried to sign Arthur Mello. Um, uh, but they got rid of Ramsey and they got rid of two more players, which we'll uh, talk about in a second with regards to Tottenham, but obviously uh, Rodrigo Bentancur and Dejan Kulisevsky. And um, so clearly wanted to get rid of some Deadwood for them too. I mean, like the three midfielders that they did, they, that they did uh, get rid of and the one that they were potentially trying to get rid of to Arsenal mustn't be playing very often, which I, I haven't followed Juventus and their formations and their starting 11s that they play, but mustn't include the, any of those guys too much. Um, and, but then they signed uh, Dusan Blahovic. So, you know, pretty good pretty good for them. Um, could have come to Arsenal. They definitely but, uh, made some. But he didn't want to. So there you go. <laughs> I think I think Zakaria can definitely turn out to be turn out to be quite a good one for them. Like Bentica I think might have used to be a good player and has kind of fallen out of favor. And obviously that's the same has happened for Aaron Ramsey. So it's, it's, it's Massimo Allegri there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it definitely seems like a good window for them. Vlahovic is the big one. Like he's still in the Syria. Like, like he's just guaranteed goals and like, he can only get better playing more, more European football. Apparently they held on to Murata too, despite rumors that they were trying to shop him at the end of the window. So apparently like Allegri wants them to both play up top. And I'm like, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Cause where was Murata linked to? Uh, Barcelona and Arsenal. 
Yeah, I heard the I heard the Arsenal rumor. I, that would that's terrible. That's yeah, no, terrible. That's a panic buy we didn't want to make. Yeah, no. But yeah, Juve uh, a lot of, a lot of links to the Premier League in in during the transfer window and uh, quite a good bit of business and probably one of the two the own the only two teams that are in the Premier League that we'll talk about. The other one we'll touch on probably at the end of our Premier League roundup. But yeah, I, I, pretty good from them honestly. Like I was a bit mad that initially that Vlahovic didn't come to Arsenal, but like. Juventus are in Champions League football. Like they're a bigger club than us. Like I can't be that mad about it, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean they are just like you know one of the biggest clubs in the world. Big history. If you're playing in the Syria and you have been for a while, you're gonna revere them a little bit. So yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, back to the Premier League. The next uh, team on the list is Newcastle United, and geez. What a window have they had? Uh, we already touched on Trippier and Chris Wood, who they signed, who will be good, solid additions, Trippier more so. But then uh, on deadline day, they went bang, bang, bang. Bruno Gumarais, uh, Matt Target, and Dan Byrne. Just very impressive stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think when when we first had the, uh, when they first got taken over by, by this Saudi-led consortium, we, we, we sort of spoke a bit about what, what would be the signings that they should make. And it was, yeah, that spine of the team. I think, honestly, I think Dan Byrne is, is the best signing. A lot of them, he's a local lad. He's big. He's like a reliable center back. And especially in the short term, when they're scrapping for points in, in this, in this rele- relegation battle, just that height, you know, sort of um, nicking goals at set pieces, being solid at the back. I think that one is is, is the best one for me. Yeah, and if you th- if you think about the backline that they had before the transfer for the transfer window, they had uh, Mankio, Lascelles, Shah, and Matt Ritchie, and now they've got Kieran Trippier, Lascelles, Dan Byrne, and Matt Target. Like it's just levels. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and yeah, I I don't know, I don't know that much about. Bruno Gumarais, you, you might know more because of the Arsenal links, but yeah, I've heard that he's a complete midfielder. Yeah, he's like, like I haven't watched much of him, but like I've watched videos breaking down his game and I've read stuff about him. Like he's very highly lauded in the in, in the French league at least. Um I think he's a sort of like a six eight hybrid, can can like like one of those sort of Tiago types, but he's a bit more uh meaner on the ball like goes in a bit harder for tackles and stuff like that so yeah i mean a great player um to have in the in the middle of the park for them um and i was just thinking about it like i was looking on uh their like their last the, the formation of their last game so like now obviously they've got uh debravka and goal the back line the back four i just said then you'd assume probably joel linton shelby and bruno or joel linton bruno and uh willock as one of those three in midfield, because I think I think Eddie Howe's playing a four-three-three at the moment, and then you've got Saint Maximan, Chris Wood, and um, Almiron or Ryan Fraser. That's 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 not a team that's getting relegated. Yeah, for me. that's class. Do you think Do you think there's still like a, a, a role for <laughs> for Sean Longstaff in like a, just a straight out six capacity, given that they are well while the squad is good, they're still you know. They're still in a relegation battle, and and they want to probably be a bit defensive. I think there's a there's a there's a maybe um, 
a role for him to when they get when they get a lead to come on for a more attacking player and lock a game down. I don't know if I'd, if he'd be starting a lot of games, but there's definitely a role for that defensive midfielder to come in and just screen the back four when they get one if they're one nil up or or two one up in a game with twenty minutes left. You bring him on and he just locks the game down. So so Bruno can essentially play that more. That, that deeper role and, and Shelby and Willett can be the more advanced. Three. I think that's from what I've heard. Yeah. He, he, like he yeah. can definitely sit and, and play that role. And, and like the last formation they played in their one nil win against Leeds, I think it was, was uh, Joel Linton, Shelby and Willock. So um, I think, yeah, Bruno s- subs in for one of those players, probably not Joel Linton because he's been killing it. Um, and yeah, he's probably like, Slightly more defensive than slightly sol- more solid defensively than Shelby, from what I've heard. But I guess it remains to be seen. The Premier League is different to the French league after all. Yeah, he does. He, he does seem to be pretty tenacious, and, and and usually Brazilian midfielders are pretty pretty hard at it. Yeah, if if Fernandinho's and 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 the like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, Norwich City, a bunch of outgoings. No one really of anyone. Of, of note um, Southampton they got Willie Caballero on a free from Chelsea which is a bit random but uh, no one else of note um, and then we get on to Tottenham Southampton yeah Southampton got Willie Caballero so there you go um, nice. <laughs> so then Tottenham uh, obviously we've just said Rodrigo Bentancur and Dejan Kudasevsky. Um it remains to be seen how good they will be because like we both said they'd fallen out of favourite Juventus so how good they'll be for Tottenham is is up in the air really uh but notable outgoings um obviously we've already talked about Delhi Alley Tangi and Domble has gone to Leon um should slot in nicely for um uh wait was Bruno Gumarias from Leon yes he was so yeah should so they've done Leon's done a good bit of business there they've lost Bruno but they've signed Ndombele. uh Brian Hill in Dombele was bought from Leon as well as Tottenham's record signing. Oh, really? And they've sold him back there? Yeah. Oh, no, they've loaned him yeah. back there. Loaned him back there. That's but, pretty embarrassing yeah. for Tottenham. <laughs> um, Brian Hill has gone on loan to uh, Valencia. Uh, Giovanni Lo Celso has gone on loan to Villarreal. And obviously, Deli Ali has gone to Everton. Um, I'm not sure what to think of this window for Tottenham. I think, I think the big one they missed out on, and it, it probably would have been a good window if they had got him, was Adama Traore. And we'll, yeah. we'll get to it in a bit, but I think that that would have been the the, the tipping point because Bentaker and Kulusevski can be good signings, but I think they needed that extra one, getting rid of so many so many players. It's also interesting. Um, on Bergvine, like he, he was all set to leave, and I, I know he had the the late goal, but it's a bit weird to be rumored so heavily to be out of there and then stay at the club. Yeah, just by scoring a couple of goals, like usually, like scoring a couple of goals is like great, but like in the in the bigger picture of things, you still have not done much, not really broken into the team. But if Conte thinks he can turn it around with him, and he, like you know, he's got lots of pace, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I think. 
Like they were linked with Adama Traore heavily and then also linked with Luis Diaz heavily. And people are saying that the reason Liverpool jumped for Luis Diaz in this window as opposed to jumping, signing him in the, in the summer window was because they were worried Tottenham may make a move for him. But like, it, like, like, in realistically, if, at the moment Liverpool showed interest, Luis Diaz was never going to Tottenham. Like it wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, did, they did miss on signing a really like pacey winger to go play with Kane and Son uh, and a good and like who who is good quality as well so yeah well, I, it remains to be seen I do think they got rid of some players who weren't playing and who were you know um, decent money signings Brian Hill and Lo Celso and Novole but like Arsenal they could end up making a loss on all of those players if they're not careful yeah I think again, it's just the um, the necessary consequence of of rotating through managers. You, you you're going to lose money on certain players. Yeah, and um, the the best meme to come transfer Brian Hill on loan to the Beatles Museum in Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is funny. That's <laughs> so <a> good. good. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, moving on, uh, Watford's uh, not much of note there. They're still going down. Um, uh, West Ham, again, not much, only outgoings, uh, not much of note there. And then finally, yeah, um, Wolverhampton Wanderers, no real big signings, but yes, they lost Adama Traore to Barcelona. Uh, could have a big impact on, like, uh, they're not going to get relegated, but like, they he'll hinder them. I, I was thinking they were going to push for top half of the table and they still might, but it's a big, big out. Yeah, definitely a big out. I think yeah, we touched on it on the previous one that they signed that um, Brazil, that Portuguese winger, Chiquinho. Chiquinho, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I suppose it gives him a bit of a chance to stake a claim in the first team, but it's hard to see him replacing Adama Traore. Like yeah. it's been immense for them for at least three or four seasons now. So definitely hard, but I, I do think that um, whatever their manager's name is, I can't think of a right Bruno now. Bruno Lage. Building something pretty good. At Wolf. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> he's, he, he's definitely got a good thing going there. Um, so... Hopefully it's good for Adama Traore. Like it's 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 nice to see him go back to the place where he played his um, youth, played in the youth team there. Yeah, true. And he's yeah, we've seen all like the body transformations come yeah. from like when he used to play there to how he looks now. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, he looks so different. Yeah, I know. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, but in terms of the club that he did go to, the uh, Barcelona, uh, they've signed three separate players from the Premier League. And uh, their squad's actually looking a fair bit better than back when we were critiquing them heavily at the start of the season. Yeah. Well, where's all the money come from? Should have yeah. put towards the Messi contract. Yeah. I mean, they signed Ferran Torres for 50 million, but then to be fair, a Traore is alone and uh, Aubameyang was on a free. So, and, Ars- and Arsenal's also paying for some of Aubameyang's wages. So, um, yeah, but I'm a bit skeptical as well. Um, but you know, p- power to them, I guess. 
Uh, and like, yeah, it's 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 quite from going from what De, uh, De Jong, Depay, and Braithwaite to now. I don't know you can go Torres, Abamyang, Adama, or you can go Torres, Depay, uh, Adama, or any one of those combinations. Uh, it's it's definitely looking a lot more like a top four pushing team. Is um is is Depay in in the best front three still? I think until Abamyang proves proves otherwise, yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon? I think I think it would be harsh to drop him out. Like he, he he's been he's definitely been their best forward for for a little bit now. But I mean, at the same time, if Traore, Abamyang, and Ferran Torres are performing at their best, I think each of their best is better than Depay's. So yeah, my thing is that like Abamyang hasn't been anywhere near his best for since he signed that big contract at Arsenal, um, and. Also, Abamyang's almost 33, whereas Depay is in his prime. So that's why I'd make more of a case for Depay. Mm, but, but like, yeah, like you said, if Abamyang starts killing it, then um, what can you do? Um, just quickly now, uh, I'm not going to do every team, but uh, I want to just get your uh, get you to like A, B, C, or C minus or whatever grade, just a few teams. So we'll start with my boys, Arsenal. What would you grade him? Probably, uh, wait, C's average, right? Is yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think C's average. I'll give him a C. I'll give him okay. a C. C. It's it's not been bad. I'd, 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 I'd give us a C minus, just slightly below average, because uh, while we while we did get rid of a lot of players, I would have liked us to bring in at least one. Uh, Aston Villa. A, <laughs> a nice. I, I'd probably give him. Yeah, actually, no, I give him A too. That that like strengthening a lot of good areas. I, I rate that. Um, Everton. I'll give him a. Uh, let me look back at it just quickly. <laughs> I reckon. A, I reckon a B. I'll give him a B. Yeah, nice. I, I, I'm slightly more optimistic. I'm going to give him a B plus. Um, Liverpool. I, th- I think it's got to be an A. I just think Luis Diaz is just going to be that guy in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, 100% agree. Nah, completely agree. Uh, Man City. I mean, it's it's hard because I like rate Ferran Torres very, very highly, but I also don't think their squad loses that much by losing him. So let's go. I'll go a B. B. I think just because for the simple fact that they're in the green for the first time in ages, I'm going to go. Um... Oh, actually, no, I can't give him an A though because they only uh, who, like Julian Alvarez is, remains to be seen how good he is. So I'll give him a B as well. But yeah, the fact that they're in the green is impressive. It could be a it could be a very high A, but it just depends on um, how good Alvarez will be. Yeah, so. uh, Man United. I think it's decent, but it's it's not you know 
screaming out is fantastic. So I'm going to go a C plus. Yeah, that's exactly the grade I was thinking of too. C plus, slightly above average. Um, and finally, uh, Newcastle. I think, yeah, I, I think this one's perfect for the situation they find themselves in right now. So um, A plus. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say too. I think they've they've they've, they've won the transfer window for me. Uh, yeah, I, I, they've had the best one, a plus. So yeah, classic uh, fierce debate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a couple couple of little uh, minor differences in opinions there, but not not really. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that'll uh, that'll come conclude another episode of cordial conversation rather than a fierce debate between the two of us. <laughs> Um, good to be back. Uh, nice to see you again, Wilbur. Yeah, you too, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll be uh, back next week, uh, pending any other you know issues from being halfway across the world from each other. And uh, yeah, follow us on all the socials. I'm not. I'm tired of reading them all out, but you know what they are by now if you're a regular listener. Instagram. Yeah. Spotify. Yeah, those ones. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, ta-ta for now. <laughs>